This episode is brought to you in partnership with Life Kitchens. Life create kitchens to be lived in, planned around your life and the way you live it. Explore their unique ranges and book a design consultation for a personal and practical approach to kitchens. Visit life-kitchens.co.uk. This tray appears with cornishware, with with these teapots and all these mugs. And I just fell in love with that simplicity, that, that, that genius of a design. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. And I haven't stopped thinking about it. So when we heard of the business going into administration, we, we bought it, we had to rescue it. You know, this is a heritage British brand. We can bear to see it disappear. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. Today, I'm chatting with Karina Ricards, who's owner of the iconic striped pottery brand Cornishware, established in 1924 by Thomas Goodwin Green. Hi, Karina. It's really lovely to meet you. Hello, hello. And it's, uh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I'm looking at you on the screen, sitting with your striped Breton t-shirt in front of an array of blue and white striped pottery. It's just a gorgeous image. Now, you're going to tell me that Cornishware actually has very little to do with Cornwall because you, it's not based there or anything, is it? Tell us, a, tell us the story. Well, it was uh, inspired by the Cornish skies and crested waves by one of the uh, ceramicists who happened to be on holiday in Cornwall. So in the old days, all the, 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 the workers and the potteries in Derbyshire would take the quarry train because, of course, the reason why it was always made up north is because the clay comes from Cornwall, and that's what we're doing now again, all of that again. The clay were transported up on quarry trains to Stoke, where the kilns were. Uh, so that's where well, they still are, because we've done all this again. That was easier and more economical rather than having the kilns built in Cornwall. So clay, Cornish clay, up in Stoke made up Stoke, and then they had what they call a um, potter's fortnight, where the, all the staff would go on the quarry train down to Cornwall and spend two weeks in Cornwall. And that's, the, the legend is, is that one of the uh, designers there was sitting down on the beach having a picnic and just absolutely fell in love with these colours, the blue, and it's true that if you sit in Cornwall, you have the blue skies, the crested white waves, and if you hold your corner square mug, and I often do that trick actually, I just hold it and I look, at the mug with the horizon and it just blends in. It's, it's a great game, I do this every time. So it was inspired by Cornwall and it strikes so many memories of Cornish holidays whenever you drink tea from, from your mug. Yeah, and I think, you know, thinking back on the children's storybooks that I grew up with, that, you know, the Inid Blytons and stories about the little rabbit at the seaside and all that, and it's Cornish where that's depicted in all those stories. The stress. Yes, it starts from childhood. And I think that's why a lot of us not, we're not quite sure when did we start, you know, loving Cornishware. When did we start seeing it? And, and it's it, you have to go way back. <laughs> yeah. When did you get involved? Because you're not strictly English. Your heritage is slightly 
Yeah, a little bit of everything. Now, my mother is, is English. My father's Belgian and I was born uh, in France. Um, so I really haven't seen Cornishware. Teeny tiny hint of, a, of an accent. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've been here for 30 years, but um, I, I don't think I can, can get rid of the accent now. I think it's here to stay forever. The first time I saw Cornishware was yeah, when I first arrived in England uh, 30 years ago. I can believe it because I, I thought in England, you know, um, that English people were having tea it, it, it can, like Miss Marple style, you know, with lots of little flowers and a little gold this and ornate little handle and you had to be very, very careful and hold it a certain way and all of this. And, and actually this tray appeared with, you know, Cornishware with, with this teapot and all these mugs and I just fell in love with that simplicity, that, that, that genius of a design and I thought, wow this is incredible and I haven't stopped thinking about it so when we heard of the business going going you know sadly went um into administration we we bought it we had to rescue it you know this is a heritage British brand we can bear to see it disappear and when you say we you mean your husband you and your husband Yes, so uh, Charles and I, yes, my husband and I. So actually I was very, very pregnant at the time. I was about to have our fifth baby because we've got five children. It's, it's mad. <laughs> um, but uh, Charles came back from work and um, said, um, uh, guess what? Cornishware, Cornishware, it, it's, it's gone. It's terrible. This is a terrible, terrible day and, and it's for sale. Let's buy it. And actually this was a purchase made with a heart. We um, didn't think too much. All, all we wanted is just keep this amazing brand alive again. So I was on planet hormones, you know, when you're heavily pregnant. Like this. I, was, I had a cesarean booked and I wasn't quite there. <laughs> so uh, the day, uh, not only we end up with a beautiful baby girl and Cornish wear. So it all happened at the same time. <laughs> and your background is you worked for Kenzo, you worked for Cartier, so give us a little hint of what you were doing prior to having all your children. So sailing is my background. I'm all for the sailing, art. My grandfather was, a, was an artist, an impressionist. My grandmother used to make clothes for the theatre, theatrical clothes. Uh, my uh, father used to build beautiful thatch cottage or the, with the old fashioned way, no screws and bolts, all the beams was half timbered. Used to make it all by hand. So I was brought up with art, with handcraft, with quality and anyway I met, I met my husband we sailed across the Atlantic I've, I've lived on the boat so I'm used to kind of the hardship you know the teamwork because sailing is all about that and I think all of this really shows nowadays with Cornishware I arrived and um, lived with Charles in London I didn't stay at school for that long so I didn't have a degree or anything to show so I, I yeah very much uh, learned uh, you know Got a job. I walked up and down Sloan Street and uh, popped in all the shops and uh, and uh, yeah, Kenzo said yes, start tomorrow. So uh, I um, worked for Kenzo and I ended up doing their windows. Uh, so I started selling the clothes because I couldn't speak a word of English. My mother is English, but she didn't really teach me English much. Um, so I first taught you know how to speak English properly, and then there was an opportunity for me to do the the windows, and that's when I, I really enjoyed. And then afterwards. I worked for Cartier in the beautiful showroom where you wear the white gloves and beautiful jewellery in the windows. And I love that. And this is all about just stunning design. And again, another heritage, French brand, but um, so much history. And, and all this is helping me nowadays. All this story, all what I've done is accumulation of, 
of and now I can see it. You know, we have design, we have art, we have we have you know that, that kind of hard work because it's not all about bunting and picnic and fun and beach and Cornwall. <laughs> we have a, a very busy, busy pottery. So yes, there's art design uh, very much and the joy of being with people. And that's one aspect I really enjoy with social media is I love, I love people. I love the chats, as you can tell, can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and do you actually paint the pieces yourself? Yes, it's all handmade and that's what a lot of people still and that's why I go out of my way to, to show some videos and so on no robots no robots and people often marvel at how straight the stripes are and they think how can this be done by hand but it takes a lot of time uh, awful lot of training so we now have um, seven uh, decorators and one of them and uh, we apply all the stripes by hand with a paintbrush it takes up to a year to train a decorator Wow, that's incredible. And I just wanted to go back because there is a, an extraordinary story about your, because you sailed a bit with your parents and had some dreadful time in the Bay of Biscay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I think I could um, sail before I could, I could talk. We were always sailing every weekend, you know, every weekend, every holiday, any time off we just sail. So we had a little boat and then a bigger boat and then one day, my father decided to build a boat in our garden in Normandy. We were really, really the eccentrics of the, of the village. And we left and we were caught in that uh, famous hurricane that Michael Fish, I don't know if you're too young to remember a famous, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well. We're, so, we're definitely not having a hurricane, he says. Yeah, so he, that's the famous you know, thing that he didn't, he didn't really, none of us predicted. None of us knew. We, we knew it was going to be a big storm, but nothing like this. So, caught in the middle of Biscay, very nearly didn't make it. So lucky to be here to talk to you now. And yeah, I stayed in, in Spain because we, we drifted to Spain and stayed there for a year to recover and then crossed the Atlantic and then we, we carried on. We used to charter. So we used to live on boat with my brothers and my parents. And we used to charter the boat uh, in the Caribbean in the winter and then charter in uh, Saint-Tropez and Corsica and the Med uh, in the summer. And I met my husband on the beach in Antigua. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. What a lovely story. So going back to the Cornish ware, the original design was updated in 1960 by a lady called Judith Onions from, is it Royal College of Art? Student? Yes. And yeah, she came up with some very iconic designs and we still use some to date. The Cornish story is that we some of our designs, like this one, which is this the, is one of the oldest. Mug. Yeah, that's that's the one which is in the design museum, isn't it? Just the the iconic yeah. blue and white so, striped mug. Yeah, we have some key key pieces, and most of them are, are really obliquely. We come up with brand new designs, and that's the beauty of of Cornish You know, we we evolve yeah. uh, with with time. So, for example, our orange. You know, when we launched the orange, the website crashed. <laughs> All the, just, it was insane. It was like Glastonbury tickets. It was mad. And so it's a fine balance between keeping an old design, keeping the heritage, keeping the history, keeping, you know, uh, uh, iconic shapes, but equally moving on with time and bringing new designs like this mini jug, you know, mini, mini pieces or, you know, pasta balls. We've come up with this new design. My husband came up with the idea of a pasta bowl. So it's a fine balance. You've got to be, you've got to tread carefully. So, so you are at the 
at the moment you are looking to bring back all the production to the UK and that's very important to you as a brand. Yes so it must be five and a bit years ago now that was always going to be the plan so when we bought Cornish Fair the plan was always to bring it back to to the UK. We knew it was going to be a a lot of work because you have to train decorators you have to train glazers you have we had to get the infrastructure ready here so it's all here at home so our barns are here which have been all renovated and um, we have now kilns there used to be a dairy so cows used to be in there we now have fully functioning kilns and a team and decorators and so on um, so all this takes time so 80% is now made in the UK uh, hoping to be 100% by Christmas this year obviously with all this you know lockdown and so on that has delayed things but yeah so we we're on track and uh and we've got an awful lot of support and it's been a fantastic journey yeah and um, what what is it about the process of creating a piece that you particularly enjoy oh well it's when it comes out from the kiln it's when so first actually i've got i've got to, it's a bit like a show and tell i brought so this is uh the rough form so just to show you so basically um, white, basically a white mug but you can see it's just really nothing special apart from the raised stripes you know? yeah it's really rough to the touch it's rough you know it's not very nice this is what I've, I, I actually work with all day every day so i have to wear moisturizer and so on but um applying the stripes i really enjoy um it's incredibly repetitive but I get in, in some kind of a meditative state. It relaxes me. I put music on and I just apply that stripe. And it's amazing because you just have, it's a bit like driving. You know, if you're on your way, commuting somewhere, you don't even think about the driving. You just suddenly get there. Well, it's the same with decorating mugs, jugs, teapots, plates, whatever. Before you know it, you have your muscle memory takes over and then you add up with a trolley full. And I just love that. that You get in some kind of trance, maybe it's too much of a big word, but... Ter- I found it terribly relaxing. So I, I, I love the challenge. I love a brand new piece. I love a very tricky piece to decorate. So um, I'm now the challenge is to, to decorate in you know, teapots. I like a challenge and I, I love that. But nothing replaces. And we are still to this day, although we do it every day, twice a day, but opening the kiln to a brand new kiln car full of shiny, beautiful Cornish ware. It just takes your breath away. It's gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous I'm sure it is and what about um I mean I, it's a family business do the do the children get involved are they how old are they yes so uh, absolutely so we have a uh, uh, Rebecca who's 26 so she's a graphic designer and we have her cards on our website so she you know designs uh, beautiful greeting cards that we send along our, our Cornish wear uh, she also helps with the website illustrations and so on on the website we have Charlotte, our 23-year-old, who is a journalist, and she helps us with, she wrote the timeline, for example, on the website. They all, they all help out. They all help out. The, our little 10-year-old, well, she, she distributes, you know, sweeties and things when things get uh, really busy. She, she walks around. Um, and, um, and my teenage daughter, who's 15, uh, helps me with to choose the, the, the cool background music on TikTok videos and things like that, you know. So <laughs> we're all involved. Yeah. And what about markets? Where do you sell to? Where's your biggest market? So we sell 75% online um, and the rest is shops we sell in journalists. 
and shops uh, all over the UK. Um, and we sell in Australia. We have an Australian website, very popular in Canada and, 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 this, and the States. Yeah. But mostly UK. Yes, yes, mostly UK, mostly Londoners. I love Cornish Fair. In fact, most of our sales go to London. Uh, and then shops uh, dotted around the south. Yeah. Do you ever open up the workshops for people to come and visit? We did this and then we obviously had to stop for obvious reasons. And we're going to open this again when we're allowed, I believe, on the 21st of uh, June onwards. We open the pottery on Friday mornings by appointments only. And we tend to share tea and cake with the visitors. So they come round, we have a chat and uh, I take them round, explain it all. They have a go at either painting a plate or dipping a mug, which is always a lot of fun. And then they, they recover from the ordeal by having a cup of tea and a slice of cake and meeting the team. <laughs> that sounds perfect I'm, I will be first in the queue thank you excellent <laughs> um Karina, it's been really really interesting fascinating to hear the story and um absolutely take my hat off to you I love the idea that you you know you fall in love with something and you know a lot of us see something that we fall in love with and don't take it any further but you've kind of you you bought the company <laughs> well we thought it was going to be a hobby to start with you know we thought Let's just buy it and, and then we'll, 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 we'll get it going somehow. And my husband is an entrepreneur, you know, so he's, he's, he's not phased. He's, he's not, we're both actually very much, uh, you know, we're not, not scared of anything. We just, we'll try, you know. I think if you try in life, uh, then you can't uh, kind of regret it later. You think, oh, at least I've tried, you know. So we thought, okay, well, let's give it a go. Um, and this hobby is now uh, full, full time, more than full. It's, uh, this weekend, we're going to work all weekend because we're launching our yellow next week. So, uh, but we love it. We love it. So, no, no, it's all good. Yeah. Oh, well, it's great news. Really lovely to hear. Um, and thank you very much for your time. I'll leave you to get back to your blue and white stripes. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. For more news and views in the world of interior design, sign up to our newsletter at countryandtownhouse.co.uk and why not listen in to our sister podcast, Breakout Culture, with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Fruity Metcalf. Music